You're listening to the Bossy Bitch Podcast with Elsa Mitchell. Come along with me as I explore all the remote corners of Australia, uncovering success stories from women killing it in business. I'll inspire you, teach you, and best of all, make you laugh by sharing their journey and mine so that we can grow together in life and in business. Mom, have you seen my pants? Right, get out of here podcast. Welcome to the Bossy Bitch Podcast. Um, today, I normally when I jump on here, I'm the class clown and make a lot of stupid jokes, but today I'm a little bit serious. <laughs> and I am speaking with Claire Nation, who is like a Perth real estate celebrity. <laughs> I like to throw out big titles, Claire. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the founders of the Property Exchange, which is, um, again, a really highly regarded agency in Perth in, and um, Claire can be found in some of our bougiest suburbs. And anyway, the reason why I invited Claire on today was, um, and for those of you that have been listening and following me for a while, you will know that when I started this podcast, not not long after I lost my best friend and business partner, Christy, which I talk about a lot. But um, what what happened for me with this podcast is it was quite hard to, to show up and be chirpy on a podcast when you were dying inside. And I actually found it to be really healing, um, jumping on here and chatting with other women and having them be vulnerable and share their stories. And I, I've, I've come to learn that it's so powerful when when we do share our stories, because I think that for me, I always felt like after having such a shit time in my life that I had to have come out the other side and become like a zillionaire and have this huge success ending in order for my story to be of value to someone else. But what I've actually come to realize is just like showing up and even just moving forward in your life when you're going through challenges, that in itself is so amazing and so powerful, I think, for somebody else that might be having a hard time because, you know, everybody's got some shit, right? Like we've got sick kids, abusive relationships, like everybody's got something. And I like to say, and if you don't have something, well, something's coming for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And... I just think it's so important that we we share because it could be such a game changer to someone that needs to hear it. And, you know, look at you, Claire. I didn't know anything about your story. To me, I just saw you as this, like, amazingly successful entrepreneur, beautiful, look like you've got your shit together. And we compare, right, on social media. We look at other people with think, oh, I wish I was more like her or she's so amazing. But we don't really know behind the scenes. There's this whole fucking crazy stuff we don't see in, mm. on social media these days. And you were so beautiful to sit down and share your story with me the other week. And I was, <laughs> I, think, I think I couldn't talk to anyone for about two days. I was like, wow. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's, gosh, what you just sort of opened with and showing up and sharing it's such a big part to and I kind of like I don't cringe when it says that I say the healing process but just you know continuing walking through life forward 
and having that knowledge that, you know, you're getting up every day and you've got those people around you that probably you don't even, well, they don't even realise they're inspiring you to help you get through your day. And I think that when I think back now of my little story and what I went through, the times are a bit different actually. And, And I love now that we have these forums that we can openly talk about these things and express it and then you're feeling like oh I'm not alone or that's all weird I don't want to be that one person that that sort of stuff happened to and you know they talk about in the car park Um, (laughs) but it's it's you know and now and now we just you know sit on Instagram and all those sort of social uh, media avenues and just look from afar and you actually have no real intimate knowledge about what's happening in anyone's life really so yeah it's uh it is a bit of the glitz and glamour on the outside and on the inside you know it's it's there's there's more good than there's bad, but there's always there's always something. Yeah, absolutely. And and I've continually since I've kind of gone on this path of <laughs> digging into people's private lives. <laughs> I, I've always been nosy. Yeah, it is so interesting the amount of times someone like and Claire, you're speaking at um at my inspiring women event on Thursday, um, which I'm so excited about. And I've had someone in the past go, Oh, can I pitch myself to speak at your event? And I was like, Oh yeah, sure. I wasn't even really planning on doing another one, but let's hear it. And that this was Sarah Thompson last time and she just told me this crazy story about her health a health journey and some really, really serious pain and stuff she was going through and I was just like what the hell so shocked because to me I just see this face all the time Mm. showing up and Mm. she's like some days Elsa I'm actually in bed in crippling pain just Mm. on my laptop faking it and I'm like holy crap like I had no idea I was just like that is amazing so yeah I I don't know a really elegant way to segue (laughs) (laughs) so what is my shit let's go there (laughs) (laughs) oh god so okay so this is um so i i guess i'll i'll preface by saying that i still have so much work to do with dealing with what i went through i have an enormous amount of anger and grief that i think i've just tucked away just quietly and i look i'm totally aware it's there but you know i'm just number one sometimes not sure how to deal with it sometimes thinking oh is the time right and sometimes thinking oh my life's going so well now i don't really want to bring that up mm. so i'm acutely aware that i have this you know inside of me and I, you know and i'm also very aware that not every story is the same um so uh, you know as i said just by sort of putting it out there and having no complete segue but so 10 years ago um so it was 10 years ago in august 20 um I became a widow at the age of 35 with three children aged 5, 12 and 15 at the time. I was living a very middle-class life. We were in Woodvale. We had a family home, um, you know, very, you know, when I say middle-class, I mean, you know, everything was just just coming along, you know. Mm-hmm. The marriage was okay. We'd been married for 15 years. I was married very young, married and and uh, had my first child at 20 and um, and the other three, you know, other two children thereafter. But, you know, like there was there was no, there was not a no big highs or lows, particularly at that part of my life. My um, husband, then his business was going okay, like it was going great. It was actually starting to sort of get its feet again. Uh, And life was just good. Like, you know, it was just really not average, but it was just all okay. You know, everyone was sort of cruising along. And Paul, so Paul was eight years my senior, so he was 43 at the time. And one day he just didn't come home. I thought it was weird straight away. I was like, this is not right. Like I'm, he's not the type of guy to have gone to the pub after work and not called me. He wasn't the type of guy to, you know, 
well, sometimes maybe, maybe go surfing and forget the time or something like that. But like, <laughs> I, you know, I kind of would have the heads up, hey, babe, I'm going for a surf or, or, you know, I've got caught talking to the lads down the beach or something like that. And he just didn't come home. And I just thought, you know, this is a bit weird. You know, I, I'm, I'm not going to sort of sit here and say, you know, our marriage was perfect at the time. There were certain things going on that we were working through, but it wasn't terrible. Like it was just, it was like normal. Mm. Like it was, like this is why I thought people would understand it's not like there was, you know, it was it was just normal. It was, you know, there was conversations being had. But, you know, the night before, you know, we were dancing in our kitchen, the kids were laughing. It was, you know, they were probably getting told off for one thing or another, but there was nothing out in the ordinary that made me think when he kissed us goodbye that morning that he wouldn't come home. And I remember ringing one of my really good friends and her husband's, um, well, actually my best friend in the whole entire universe, um, her husband, who she met actually through my husband, so that's a whole other podcast. But, um, <laughs> but you know, and I just said, hey, you know, listen, you know, he, yeah, Paul didn't come, you know, come, come home as he spoke to you. Do you know where he is? And he's like, no, no, I haven't heard from him. He's all, you know, I just haven't heard from him. He's, you know, I'd spoken to him early in that day and, I sort of just had a really bad feeling straight away, like uh, yeah. like straight away. I was like, oh, this is not good and just kept ringing, ringing. I sort of jumped in my car, looked, you know, went around to sort of, you know, the pub around the corner. I thought I'll just do a bit of a drive around, see if potentially, you know, he could have just got caught chatting to some guys or had Jalzy um, run around for a bit in the beach car parks and sort of suss that out and about sort of nine, well, maybe eight thirty-nine. His phone must have died because that's when it clicked off. And really, you know, back then we didn't think about find my iPhone or all the <laughs> other contraptions that we have now to trace no. everybody. So I didn't even think about that. But I just really had this sort of sinking feeling. This this is actually not good at yeah. all. I rang my boss at the time. So whilst. Uh, just to sort of backwards a little bit, I, you know, was at the property exchange. I wasn't sort of the founder. Nikki and Joni were the founders of the property exchange. And I started at the property exchange when the business first opened, um, was with them for 11 years. And then I ran another business for eight years when this was all happening and had the most amazing supportive bosses at the time, um, Paul and Lisa. And they, oh, I, I can't even thank them enough for the support that they gave me during this time. But at the time, Paul was in Ireland at one of our um, old colleagues' wedding. And I rang him and at the same time, um, I said, oh, gosh, this is happening. I don't know what to do. This is all that same night. And he's like, okay, Claire, that's no problem. See, everything will be fine. It's all fine. No one ever kind of – it wasn't a bit of an issue at that point. He said, but, you know, I've got to kind of try and get my wife to Ireland. You know, my you know, retinas detached from my eyeball. There's like oh, this random thing that was happening. I was like, oh, my fucking God, what is going on here? <laughs> so, And that my job really was to look after him and his businesses and we had them sort of all over the world at that point too. So – I was sort of like thinking that, okay, oh, shit, I've got to organise that. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, my, you know, my, you know, sort of saying to my kids, my kids going, well, where's dad? Where's dad? And I'm like, oh, he's just, you know, he's just not come home tonight. I'll be fine. And and then that kind of next morning, I was just like, oh, did dad not come home? And in my head, I just remember thinking, like, hey, this is not right. But, like, surely this, this can't happen. Like, yeah. you know, like my life's, you know, so normal. Like, stuff like that doesn't happen, like, to me. And yeah. It's, you know, as I, I remember I, I went to the police station and they were like, oh, it's fine. He's just probably, you know, taken off. You know, you have to wait a certain amount of time before we can do anything. And I'm like, guys, I just know. And they're like, nope, you got to come back. you got to come back. So I had to wait it out, you know, seeing the police and seeing to see if I could get them involved to say, look, you know, can you guys figure out his old, like his, his mobile phone records? Can you ping it? Can you, you know, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Like I, I had no clue what to do. I was like, oh, I just 
I just didn't know. Mm. And then I was just taking my kids to school. Like things were like just, okay, come on, kids, get in the car, let's go to school. I'm like, but holy shit, like what is going on here? And um, I, 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 it's sort of such a blur and I think probably because I've blacked so much of it out. Yeah. I had, you know, I remember sort of saying to my mum and dad and having, telling, saying to my mum and dad and I've got a very close family, you know, and they were like, what? No, that's not right. That can't happen. Are you joking me? I mean, I was like, well, I don't, well, what's the other explanation? He's just taken off and he hasn't rang or, you know, none of his bank cards had been touched, anything like that. So we had just, I guess, at that immediate time, I think that sort of when we all realised, oh, shit, this is serious, my family just came in, bang. My friends just came in, bang. That was just literally that crutch that I didn't have to worry about falling because I just knew that they were there in that sense. Yeah. And we had, I had a very close cousin of mine. He was um, in the police force and he sort of took over a lot of the, you know, okay, well, let's find him. You know, mm. I was just like, find the car, find him. We, we, that was kind of, so 10 years ago, so 2013, social media, so Facebook, what came out 2006, 2007, or we all just sort mm. of started jumping on it. Um, it wasn't really big. We were still doing those really cringy status, <laughs> you know, those, you know, you know, I can't even tell you what some of mine were, but you know, the ones that we cringe at now, you know, so we use social media quite a lot to put it out there. And I was so open. I was just like, I've just got to, we've just got to find him. I was so open putting it out there. I didn't actually care what anybody thought at that particular time, because I was like, I just got to figure out, you know, where he is. And, you know, it was on the news. It was yeah, it was on a national wanted program and I, I've watched that back and I've gone, oh, my God, who was that woman that was talking? It wasn't even me at the time. It was so weird. But it was seven weeks before we found his body, like seven weeks before I knew what was happening, like, like he was found. And and during that time, I don't think there was ever one day I, well, I thought to myself, I, I can't get up today. I can't do it. I just can't do it. I, you know, I... You were going to work every day, I was, you? I, I was at work. I had my most beautiful assistant and she came around. She'd like go, right, okay, what do I need to do? I said, just tell me the things I need to do right now. I had all this craziness around me, people putting up posters, people going up north, down south, you know, trying to like spread the word and put these flyers out. Like it was, I think about it now, It was. it's just, I feel like it's literally unbelievable. Like you think, oh, well, yeah, again. And um, I was still trying to work. Paul's getting operations over in the UK. It was just like madness. And But still I felt just this normal huddle of people surrounding me, surrounding my kids. I I took um, at that time um, Tyler, who's my middle um, my middle child, was representing WA in the state schoolgirls soccer in Brisbane. And I took my kids in the midst of all of that to Brisbane. I'm like, how? did I even do that? Like what? I remember like going over there and I, and you know, bless my youngest, he was five and he was held my hand. He goes, mommy, it's don't, you have to be scared. You don't be scared flying. Cause I was crying like a lot. <laughs> He's like, I think I was scared. And even now when we fly together, he'll hold my hand cause he thinks I'm so scared of flying. Cause I just must've been an emotional wreck on the plane. Oh my God. But I just went and I just kept showing up. Like, like I'm not going to yeah. say say that but in the sense of that sort of define that whole thing but I just kept going and you know I had um other women reaching out to me that had been through this and you know it's so strange and this is where kind of drawing back to again your first comments about we've now got these forms that we can all share and be safe in these spaces to share the most she 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 lost her husband in, in in the same way and she reached out to me to catch up for a coffee to talk about it. I didn't want to even speak to her. How bad? I, I even to this day, I feel bad about the fact that I was like, oh, no, because I, I can't be like, I'm not that person. Like, yeah, it was, I didn't feel 
I didn't feel like I had that space just yes. to, uh, I can't even explain sort of that feeling in that sense. It's like, no, that that's not me. I'm not, that, that, that yeah. doesn't happen to me. So um, I guess, you know, and, and again, you know, it's it's hard to look back and think about it and think, well, what motivated me or why did I keep getting up? I mean, I had three beautiful children. I mean, I was pissed. I was angry. Like I was mm. like, you know, fucking how can you walk out on that? Like, and I know yeah. there's a story I have to say, with him, there probably there was stuff that had happened in his childhood that we sort of knew about. Not really. There was a lot, obviously, going inside of him, but not it, nothing was outward. And now we've yeah. got, we're, you know, luckily we've got such a supportive environment and awareness around men's mental health that back then, ten years ago, you didn't have that. You didn't. It was not spoken about. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't encouraged. So sometimes I just thought he was just being moody and pain in the ass. Like I was like, oh, you know, you just <laughs> like don't want to, you know. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> like I, you know, and it was so there was nothing that was outwardly thinking, oh my gosh, he one day he is just not going to come home. Yeah. So it was October seventh, two days before my son's sixth birthday, that my kids rang and said, um, "Mum, mum, the police have just come, knocked on the door," and I was at work, and I just said to them, you know, is is there one policeman or two? And they said. There's two, and I thought, oh shit, like that's <sighs> not good. That's not good. And I was like, okay, just tell them to come back. I'm on my way home. And th- that was for me. That's my hardest day. Like, I like that. It's just because you're telling your children, you know, their dad is is definitely not coming home. And so that for me was the hardest thing ever because I. I, I I dreamt and I wished that that wasn't going to happen, that he was just going to turn up, that he was, you know. I mean, people were saying that they sighted him in northeast oh. Queensland. Like it was crazy. There was all this crazy nonsense. And I'm, there's probably that glimmer of hope to kind of go, yeah. oh, yeah, maybe he's gone over and travelled and whatever. Like, But I I knew that wasn't the case. But the reality of that just then hit me extremely hard to kind of go, that's it. You're, you're you know, you are now. Yeah, you know, this, this this sole parent of these three beautiful children who you do everything to protect in your life, and yeah. you 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 can't protect them, and it's sort of come at the hands of someone that's loved them the most. But um, he um he did leave some video messages and explained a little bit about why he was what he was feeling and how he was feeling, and he was you know so calm and. And spoke so eloquently, actually, at that time, and um, and that for me, it was it was just as hard as it was. It wasn't really any closure because I was still so angry. I'm still so angry. Like, I'm yeah, still, I like I still scream in the shower about are you you know can't you know how how did you like why did you not just take that left turn not that right turn and say oh I've got to speak about it to someone or just say hey guys I'm going to like tap out of my life for six months I'll go get help or I'll do something but. As we learn more about that horrible disease, you know that that's not what they're thinking, and yeah, you know. And I, I still actually don't find it forgive. I find it unforgivable. But that's me personally, and I know other people have their journey with being survivors of suicide. Um, you know. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep working on that one. I'll keep working um, on that one. And I remember you said to me, you know, you have all these um, anniversaries. You know, the anniversaries of the death but for you the um one that's the hardest is the an- oh gosh the anniversary <laughs> of the day you had to tell your kids yeah oh 
That's my yeah. proudest one. And it's probably my most private because no one probably would know that day. Like, you know, we, we say the 20th. Officially on his death certificate is the 20th. And um, and then, but then there was that date and then there was this, then we had Father's Day and then we had the date he was found. Then we had one funeral. Then we had a second funeral in the UK. And I'm like, okay, enough anniversary. <laughs> I can't quite cope, cope with it all. But, you know, those days you learn to live with, it's the other, it's the other days that, you know, you you struggle with like just little things of you know the graduation of your kids or you know yeah. that football game that they played amazing at or or you know or you you know I just I mean my children have been so surrounded in love by other men my dad particularly mm. and, and my and my brothers and you know and my best friends and my best friends um, husbands and and even sort of you know I had a beautiful school community my God you know these women. They had food coming for you know for months for me like it was just crazy and I still feel like did I thank them like did I say thank you like you know just you sort of look back even ten years later to go did I thank you and I I think I was saying to you I was laughing going you know the, the things that you remember at these times I remember this lady um, she wasn't even we didn't even have any kids in the same year and she would constantly bring bread she worked at Lawley's and she'd constantly bring bread and I was like I can't, we can't have any more bread. <laughs> I was giving bread to everybody, but that was the one thing she could do, you know. And yeah. and I just, I had so much kindness and caring from so many people that I know, you know, no wonder it was kind of easy for me to get up in the day because these people that were around me were the ones that, without like just knowing it, were the ones that I'd go, wow, they're the ones I should be inspiring to. They, you know, I, I would just think if I can get up, you know, and, and keep going, maybe people might look at me and go, wow, she's doing a great job because she's getting her kids to school and she's doing all of this and I think you know when I look back now, they're the you know that that kindness and and that nurturing you know spirit of that community around me and people I didn't even know or even old school friends that sort of saw on Facebook and things like that 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 you know their outpour of love or old neighbours it was just unbelievable to you know to feel that kindness and it gives you amazing perspective I can tell you that right now. And you and I spoke about this because. You know, I, I was like, yeah, when my Christy passed away, it was just phenomenal the way people um, came together to help and support. And I remember, like, first of all, I had a GoFundMe page for her to try and, you know, obviously get some money for her treatment and so her husband could take time off work to care for her. And it was never about the money. It was just like people, like people are from mums at my school, their parents over east mm. were like, and people that didn't even know her. And then as well, when she, Christy went through her 10, she had a 10 day full brain radiation, which is just horrific. And every single morning, I would wake up and I would send her a message saying, oh, surprise, today this person has gifted you and your family a holiday. And the next day I'd be like, surprise, this person has gifted you a um, family photo shoot. Mm. Every single day I had something in my bank because everyone would contact me to wow. say, can you, can you, we want to give her this, we want to give her this. And it was, and she never even used <laughs> most of no. the things, but it gave her so much she was so grateful and just so in a time that you know you could and same as you Claire like you could just be like fuck the world like fuck everybody life is Mm. fucked like Mm. you know you could absolutely and rightfully so have that 
mindset, but instead it was like, wow, there, it, there was so much beauty yeah. that came out of such it a does. horrible, horrible situation. And it was like oh. I, I actually couldn't hate the world. I was just no. like that I got so much love and I don't know. It was bizarre. I would have thought that I'd be the type of person that would spiral and become pretty um, disgruntled, but actually I found it quite empowering and beautiful mm. um, just how kind people can be. And in their own way, like it was like a li- it just anything that they could do, they would do. Like it was just it just the tiniest thing made such a like one of one of the ladies gave me a whole box of chocolates. Like you know, my kids were eating chocolate for breakfast. They thought it was the best thing ever. Like they so these these are the things that they remember. So during all of this horrible sadness of what we went through, my kids remembered the bread. They remember going, "Oh, mum." Not another chicken parmesan or dinner, like you know, like and like <laughs> laughing, but you know, like we'd say, oh, this is pasta sauce got carrot in it, you know, like joking. But it was just like they, they, um, they just remembered the those parts. So all of those people made such a profound impact on that time where we had so much uncertainty, and I just. And I, I still, I still, I, I don't know now, and I don't know if it will ever come up. Sort of what that, what my kids are feeling, really thinking at that time, because I tried to keep the normality of life and the yeah. netball games and the soccer and you know and all of that sort of stuff, and you know how whether they kind of maybe blocked it out in their minds as well, and what they were thinking. You know, even at his funeral, we had. You know, I know you're not really meant to do this anymore, but we had so many balloons and then we had butterflies and they're the things that they remember and yeah. um and they you know, they remember him and his spirit of of who he was and not sort of the the way yes. you know, it all came to, which which as a parent I do because they're my children and I'm still cross about all that whole situation, whereas yeah. you know, he was their absolute, you know, hero shining light. So yeah, it was just you you know, you as I say, we look back and we talk about inspiring women and think, oh, well, Claire, you're quite inspiring after everything you went through. And I'm like, oh, I couldn't have done it without the people around yeah. me. And But like, I think if we can just stop and draw strength from anyone, in however that be, like that is, as opposed to pitting ourselves against looking at those people online and going, oh, well, we're not them. Yeah. You know, it's, you know if you can have that little bit of inspiration from them, you know, I mean, I, I'm I was very healthy during the time too, and I, you know, and I guess that you know you've got your health. You, you know, I was, you know, we've got our health through all of that as well. And, <laughs> and people would say to me, "Are you sleeping okay? Are you sleeping okay?" And I was like, "I'm actually sleeping okay." Like I don't know. I mean, I remember, you know, there was a lot of nights that, you know, I I can't, you know, I, you know, there were so many different thoughts, but I would always just try and focus on whatever positives I could find from that day and, and you know, and really think, okay, well, I'm grateful for this and I've got that. And and because I guess maybe part of that was a bit of a defence mechanism to kind of go, well, I'm not really going through all of this either. I, don't, I you know, I, mm, you kind absolutely. of just do what you do at the time. There's not a right and a wrong. I mean, I still beat myself up now on other things and behaviours that happened at that time, I, I think, and I, I sort of shared with you, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, long after I jumped into a relationship. And I'm like, now I think, how the hell did I do that? But I think to myself, I just wanted to be normal. I wanted to mm. be all of a sudden normal again and not be that person or or let my kids try and surround that and, you know, wasn't yeah. the wrong thing to do or the right thing to do. I don't know. But I just, I remember thinking I've just got to feel normal. I just want to feel normal. You know, I want everyone to be happy for me that, oh, look, and, you know, but now I think, 
how did that, how did I just even <laughs> do that? Like, but then, you know, 10 years has passed and it's still, you still kind of, I mean, you know, I always, I always say to myself, you know, Claire, you just, if you can't let go, just let be. Like, yeah. you know, just let it be. Don't, you know, it's okay not to let it go because as, as you can probably pretend, you know, feel, I still have a lot to kind of let go of. But, like, I don't want to. I don't want to. It, we've just literally released his ashes in the yeah. most – we had a beautiful ceremony. Just me and my three kids went to Bali only a few months ago and released his ashes um, on his 10-year anniversary. And it was it was so re- – it was so freeing. I mean, you know, yeah. you know, for us it was – it wasn't. I don't actually think it was closure. People go, "Was it closure?" And I'm like, "No, it's not." I just, I just feel it was time to sort of, you know, let that part go, let that physical part go. I think uh, as well because you have. It's not just that you lost your husband. It's you had that, that seven weeks of that. That's what I think adds an entirely extra because <laughs> oh, no. I forget special. about that sometimes. You I get, forget. That's I do like actually a think, whole other layer of. That's massive, massive, and at the risk of sounding like a bit of a, a creeper, um, after we spoke the other day, I, I just was could not stop thinking. I think I messaged mm. you and said, I've not been able to stop thinking mm. about your day. I actually went home and Googled it. Yeah. And I was watching some of the old news stories, and I think, was there one with his dad? So his dad, so when his I read his dad in the UK. South or something. Yeah. Oh, that well, killed me. I was, was like, oh, that. Man. I know. Well, this is because I guess this is social media for you, but it was, you know, everybody wanted to be part of that story as well because we did put it out there because that was the only way that we knew that if we could find iOS photo, if we could find his car, we could find him. Mm. And people were like, oh, we've seen him down south and we've seen him here and we've seen him there. And when I rang his dad, so he's, he's um, Paul was born in the UK and his dad said, oh, no, like that's like it, he kind of it didn't sort of register with him that this is actually really serious. And I was like, mm. no, Jim, I need I need you to come over. Like this is not good, not good. Mm. And then he came and he was going through, you know, going down the caravan parks and someone's like, oh, I think I saw him in tracksuit pants and buying a bottle of wine. And I'm just like, well, number one, he never wore tracksuit pants ever. Even in the <laughs> middle of winter, he was English. He always had boardies on. And he would, number two, would never buy wine. But like. I think we all had to hold on to some sort yeah. of hope, and and Jim particularly was had to hold on to that hope. Yeah, and and, and no one, no one was giving up right until that that knock on the door um, from the police. But no one was giving up in the hope to find in the fight, you know, in in the hope to find him. And I remember then saying, you know, should we do this program? And and it it kind of caused more flurry than really of any benefit because. Um, all of a sudden, all of these sightings all started happening all over Australia. <laughs> so, you know, luckily my kids had no knowledge of any of that either yeah, because they were too young. God. And, oh you know, for them, they weren't really involved in social media at that time. So, yeah. But I know for me, deep down, I knew it, mm. he wasn't coming home. But for yeah. a lot of others, they were still holding on to anything that they possibly could have. Of course you would. So. And, and you know what? Like life just keeps on living, right? Like mm. Christy and I used to joke when she was sick. I'd be, she, you know, she'd be like, "What happens?" She's like, "Because she, it was it was so expensive for her to be sick, right?" She mm. was like, mm. "What happens if you have no money?" She's like, "What do you just die?" I mean, she obviously ended up dying anyway. But I was like, mm. "She's like, you know, I, I could I wait would- for a few weeks to get it for free, or 
or um, I can get it done now, but it's, this scan's like $800. And I'm like, and of mm. course she'd have to get it done and that her cancer was so aggressive. And so, you know, y- you have to keep l- living and having your life. And like for you, <laughs> I know. You, then he passes away and you didn't get the insurance payout, you know, like yeah. you then had yeah. to do the life stuff with like you've got to pay for your kids That's and, it. you know, and there's, there's a whole other layer of stuff. You, you don't have the luxury of going, no. I'm just going to go and have a meltdown <laughs> and well, it was, uh, go Britney Spears. <laughs> exactly. Well, no. And, and look, and I guess because of the people that surrounded me, there was never, I, I don't think I ever went in that direction at all like as I say I I knew that I would never fall because they were right there so if Mm. you know you know they and and look and you know and my beautiful friend Beck who was not only there for me but her husband who was my husband's best friend and from years and years and years ago back in the UK had both of us to deal with and Mm. she had to be strong and you know and you know she you know she had to lean on people that had nothing to do with this situation because she was she was both of our rocks in two completely different separations with her <sighs> husband and and with you know with me and and you know she had to draw strength and, and she was so strong from all of that a fine like, human being Beck oh. and she's actually coming on the podcast next um, yes you did yes get her on. so she's beautiful. like so strong in in all of that and like not I'm not saying she's one of the forgotten ones through that time and. You know, and I mean, all of us were really suffering, but we all just had each other. And you know, I do think, gosh, you know, you know, if if we didn't, and how would it be? And oh, I can't even. But I, mm. you know, and then you kind of go, well, I feel so blessed that I had all of that. Or, or you know, people have gone, oh, you were so lucky, and I'm like, oh no, let's not say there's nothing lucky about this situation. But you know, when you when you're able to, when something happens in your life that you can get perspective. On actually such a big picture, yeah. and be at the um, at the receiving end of such enormous kindness, it does really give you a bit of a different perspective of how you're going to move forward with life. And and you know, then I did have to deal with the whole okay, well, life insurance isn't going to pay out, and I had to sell my house, and and I was like, well, and it wasn't because of the suicide, so it wasn't actually that wasn't because of the suicide. It was because of about three other lines in the in the actual. Um, fucking insurance in, in the, company yeah right? it's just the oh. worst they make they say no and make you fine and at that time my advisor said okay yeah nothing we can do and I was like oh okay and I kind of took his word for it I tried to go back and forth and it wasn't until maybe five years later oh and this five is, years later this is five years later I think oh, so shit. I was um I was it five well it's probably oh hang on no that's been about three well maybe about maybe three four no four years later maybe that's still a long time I had um okay. I was dating this guy Anyway, he wasn't. He was okay, but you know, but he, he sort of. He said, like, "I'm definitely not going there." But he said to me, "Um, you can't live your life like this." I mean, I, at the point, I was re- back renting. I was sort of my kids are still in a private school, and that was a that was definitely a conscious choice I took. I thought I'm not going to move their schools. I really want them to yeah. be here and and have that. And you know, you know, but you know, I had to ask my dad, "Can you help me buy my kids' shoes?" So like it was, it wasn't great. I was, I was, you know, you don't get, you don't get any sort of. You know, I mean, like being a solo parent. You know, I wasn't a single parent getting the child support from somebody else. The bills, no, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Thanks for the and bread, but I'd prefer cash. <laughs> that's it. But um, but he sort of said to me, "You can't. What are you going to do?" He gets, and I was telling him this life insurance. He goes, "That's not right." And he was like, "You need to go and fight this." And it was quite a time after that I went back and went. Actually, you know what? 
And then I just started speaking to a few people and they connected me with a bit of an advocate. And, you know, look, the life insurance company didn't pay out the whole premium. But, you know, but you know what? If I hadn't even gone back to them, they would have just gone, yep, hands washed, don't worry about it, like, you know. And uh, there was, you know, there was, a, you, know, a, you know, a settlement made, but that sort of allowed me then to have build that foundation of now being able to take that next yeah. step in my life. And I now am, you know, part owner of the Property Exchange. I have two amazing, beautiful business partners. You know, I started there when I was 20 years of age, so it was always my dream to be an owner of the Property Exchange. And this gave me, you know, that gave me a little bit, you know, of – that next step. And you know what? Actually, even if I didn't have it, I would have made that happen. Yeah, I know that 100%. I would have gone, even if I didn't have that, I would have actually, I don't, I would have just fought so hard to actually have made that something of my own because it was always my dream. And, and you know, and we sort of, you know, even speaking sort of at that time when I was uncertain about what was going to happen financially, I said, this is still what I really want to do. Can I look at other, you know, other ways that I can do this? And we were sort of trying to devise ways that, you know, I could have that start. And, um, you know, Nikki, who was the founder of the Property Exchange, her dream was that someone who has heart and love for the business like she had it takes over her business. She wasn't mm. just happy to sell it to any other sort of conglomerate to, you know, and, and whoever paid the best price. It was more that she wanted heart and soul for her business. So she was so supportive to sort of allow me to sort of to, to say, right, well, does it, we'll make it work. Don't worry. And mm. so, you know, when I rejoined her again, that was our goal. But then, you know, thankfully, you know, I was able to sort of, you know, have that win. Mm. I was like, God, thank you know, and it did give me a bit of breathing space. So, oh, but far out. You've had four years of like, you yeah. know, you've just lost your husband, and then you have to sell your fucking house. Mm. Like that yeah. is massive. Like to just deal with that, even if you hadn't lost your husband and mm. you were struggling financially, to, to have to sell your home. That mm. in its that action just on its own would be so heartbreaking for somebody so it's just like you just got so crunched hey like one after the other but also I think we've spoken so much about the people that really showed up for you and have been amazing and then you said to me I don't feel like I I feel like they're the inspiring ones you know because I Mm. I just couldn't have done it without them but I don't think that people I don't think people just showed up for you because your husband died people Mm. showed up for you because of they obviously of how you have clearly shown up in the world in your life and this is why I so strongly believe that investing in people Mm. is so important because when you give your time and your love and to others they are who comes to save you when life really punches you in the dick like it's it's so true people don't just show up because you're in a bad spot they show up because Claire you obviously um had given so much and had obviously shown up in the world as an amazing human so that it's not that's that's obviously why you have this community around you so it, it is so important to really give Give, 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 and invest mm. in people. They yeah. have your. It takes a village, and I think oh. we all need to figure out how to find our village because it it's everything. Oh, it is I, that village around me. I know it, it sort of it sort of gets thrown around a lot, you know, now in that sense. But it is so true. Like that, my girlfriends at that time 
was so solid and even though they had things going on in their lives, you know, my sister was just, you know, she was younger than me. I, I think I tried to protect my sister from it more than anything because she's so beautiful and sweet and sensitive and just, you know, Paul was her brother. Like they were all, mm. you know, he was on, she was only sort of sort of 16 or, you know, you know, when, you know, when we first had Britain and, and met and things and, and, you know, my brothers as well and, and, Everybody around us, we just, you just, you know, there's, there's just no shame in looking after each other at all. Like, you know, and, and, and I sometimes felt I had to be the strong one for everybody else at some time. Yeah. And, but that's also kind of, you know, it's that, that's a bit distracting in the situation. And I think that that's not a bad distraction sometimes. You think, okay, well, I yeah. want to show up and be, you know, uh, be here. But I, I mean, I found it really hard to sometimes sit and be present with what happened and yes. really listen and, and have that silence. And you know, it's taken me years to learn how to meditate without having, you know, tears streaming down my face because <sighs> I have that moment of silence and I don't want to think about that or, yeah. or, you know, why or how or all the horrible, those horrible questions that, I, you know, you know, should I have been more present, or did I not ask the right question? Or you, yeah. can, you can people going, oh, it's, it's you, you don't don't do that to yourself. But I can tell you, you still do because that's do. normal. It's just you know, in, in any situation where this happens, you know, grief is one thing, but grief and suicide is completely two different things. This is really the first time I've ever spoke about it, and I haven't. I've always felt that I've had a story to share to try and help others, and I've seen other people lose family and friends through all of this as well and I've and I want to sort of be there and you know and, and say well what you're feeling I felt and that was so normal and you know mm. what and even if it doesn't feel normal you know whatever you want to do is the way you do it like that's it's totally okay and it's totally acceptable because you know we are all human and we all do things differently in life and you know and I don't think grief is maybe spoken about enough I don't know I know when I was grieving hard I don't know. You're just kind of looking for something. I don't know. You, you, want you can't it. define it, can you? No, you, you can't. And you it. kind of want. I remember kind of looking. One. I don't know what I was looking for. I was like googling stuff about grief. I just wanted something that would. I don't know. I don't know what I wanted. Mm, um, so- but it is, you know, and and everybody grieves differently. Obviously, completely differently. But I just, I think, to know that you can come out the other side, life can be okay yeah. and it does, you know, you, you can live. Yeah. Um, well, you kind of have to, don't you? You have a choice. I always say to my kids, you have a choice. You know, I find that choosing to be happy is sometimes harder choosing than choosing to be sad. Sad is an emotion that can overcome you. Mm. And But, you know, sometimes to be happy, it, it does take a bit more work. And But that is my choice. So Paul made his choice. Of yeah. what happened on that particular day, that yeah. doesn't define my choice of yeah. how now I live my life in that spirit, and and I'll do it not because of him or not in spite of him. I'll do it because I that's how I fucking want to live my life. Yeah, that's me, and it's and yep, you 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 know you make all those reasons so much clearer of why I choose to do what I do, but it does it does come down to choice. And this is, I say, you know, to my kids, you know, make good choices, you know, especially yeah. a 16-year-old boy right now, make good choices. 
Like, like good choices. Put, put a wrapper you know, on it. <laughs> that's it. But you know, it's like, but serious. You, you, we have a choice to lie there in the morning, and and I'm a big, big, big fan of Mel Robbins, and I love her, and I do love her. Yeah. You know, five, four, three, two, one, get up. And I, the amount of times that I've had to kick myself in the ass to go, all right, you've got that choice, just choose it. And you know what? And if your choice is, I don't want to be that person that day, and I don't want to show up, then that's okay too. Like I've, I've yeah. totally, I've just gone, guys, I'm putting on some bright pink lipstick today because I am not great. But, you know, I'm still going to go, but I just yeah. know I'm not great. And, you know, stay away from me. But, you know, the lipstick's still on. So <laughs> I think um, as well, losing Christy completely changed my life and how mm. I looked at life and how I chose to show up. I just stopped caring. I, I mean, I obviously still care, but I don't know. Mm. I just kind of went, I don't give a shit anymore. I'm going to do exactly yeah. what I want to do because life is too short and we worry about the stupidest little things. You know, we worry about, oh, God, did I say mm. the wrong thing? Did I offend that person? Or, oh, my gosh, mm. I fucked that up or I made a dick of myself mm. on social media. We worry. And then, you know, and then it's oh, – and this is deeply morbid, but um, – <laughs> Then you you know you die and life just goes on. No one no one yeah. thinks about any of those things anymore. Like it just doesn't. No. We sweat the small stuff and we shouldn't. Yeah. And it's such a shame. And this is again another reason why I'm just really loving sharing that you're sharing this is because you want to give that gift to people the lesson without them having to go through the trauma. That's it. You know, yeah. you, you want to say to people, oh, my gosh, don't wait till something really horrible happens for you to have that moment where you realise, oh, my God, I should stop worrying about that. I shouldn't be, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, mm -hmm. you should be doing the things you want to do and being brave and living your life. Actually, this is exactly what Christy, um, she's, I've got to, I'll have to send it to you, Claire. It, it's living life on your terms the way you want and um, not, being in fear of what other people want you to do and um yeah I think that's why and just another reason why this is so important to share our stories because you mm. want people to get that uh, mm. without the trauma mm. not sure it's possible. <laughs> no 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 sometimes not but I mean it, it like in a way that I know that when we talk about social media and people see other things on social media and that's maybe not really what's going on but Sometimes you sort of think, well, maybe they're just putting it out there because they feel that that's going to inspire you in a way that if, if it looks like you've kind of got your shit together after everything that you've been through, mm. then they must go, oh, look, you know, if she can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Like, you know, if she can, you know, like one thing I want my kids to remember and think about is going, oh, my God, my mum, she was so good. Like she yeah. went through all of that and look what she's done. It's the reason that I that I do what I do every single day. And I, you know, I want and I, you know, and actually sometimes my kids get a bit pissed off. They probably didn't want me to get up and go to work every yeah. day. Probably they wanted me to be more present and, and do a lot of the school stuff. But you know what? That wasn't me. But that wasn't me post-losing their dad it wasn't it was like it's just me that's who I am as a person but yes but you know I still want them to go and look and go well my mum fought for everything that we've got yeah. now and my mum worked bloody fucking hard for mm. everything that we've got and I will continue to work hard and show my children that these things happen to us they do and I and I'm not saying that we don't sit and be present and acknowledge and if we have to stay in bed for the week that's great I'm all for that it's not how I run with things, but if that's what you need to do, that's totally okay. I'm understanding and I'm learning of that. Mm -hmm. But you've still got to get up and you've still got to make your mark on this world. And I'm not saying in a grand way, but just any way possible yeah. that you can. Yeah. And by looking at me and going, she did it, I can do it. If yeah. I can say that, if other people can look at that, then for me I think, oh, my gosh, you know, I 
Yeah. And I like myself. <laughs> I'm pretty cool. <laughs> you are pretty cool. And I am so acutely aware that you, this is the first time you are actually starting to share your story. And so I am so grateful and feel really, really <laughs> honoured that um, you, yeah, um, I almost felt bad asking you. <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> so I was thank like, you. Oh, this is a this is a big thing to ask of somebody, yeah. and um, I think I think it is so powerful. And I I am really 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 grateful to you for sharing this, and I'm really grateful that I'm going to be able to stand next to you on Thursday night oh. while uh, you actually have to do this in front of people. Oh, I know that's a bit scary, but thank you. I mean, I love this is this is that space, this having this space to do that, and. And being able to talk about it and, and like I say, you know, I know that a lot's changed in 10 years of the awareness around this, but it's still so important to be talking about now, even yeah. with our younger, even with our younger children, which, you know, back then for our younger children to have to think about any of this sort of stuff that they have to think about now is just mind blowing that they have to kind of be grappling with this sort of stuff that's happening around them too. But it actually feels really good to talk about it. Yeah, it's, I think it, it, it's you know it is actually that next step of of healing for me, and even after all this time, it still takes me. It's it's step by step and day by day. Yeah, and I yeah I imagine it probably always will be. And yeah, look, I'm so grateful, and um, I know <laughs> that once this episode goes up, I'm going to get a huge <laughs> pouring in of oh my god and gratitude so um for for you being so transparent and vulnerable and yeah I know that everyone listening is going to be really grateful to that as well so thank you so much and you know um I will obviously post all of Claire's details in the show notes for everybody that wants to go and stalk her and go oh my god who is this amazing woman you can find Claire and thank you so much, honestly. Thank you so much for having me. I, yeah, It's been lovely chatting. Thank you for listening to the Bossy Bitch Podcast. I am Elsa Mitchell and you can find me at elsamitchell.com.au or if you'd like to meet my friends, please head on over to Facebook and I invite you to join our free group Bossy Bitch. Bossy Bitch.